This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. How are you doing today? It is Wednesday. That means our expert series continues with Anna Kelly. How are you doing, Anna? I'm great today. How are you, Michael? I'm doing very well. So I'm excited to hear your opinion on this. On my channel, I've put out my thoughts about Q4 and Q1 and then Q2 and on. It's, and it's definitely a, a change. But before I get into what I think, I would love to hear what you think about 2021. Let's pick Q2 on, right? Are you bullish, bearish? And I, specifically, let's think economy and then uh, residential real estate. What, do you, what are your thoughts kind of Q2? So April on. One thing I know is the more I know, the more I know I don't know. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to say this. And, and again, I'm so tired of politics, but I really believe this. I think that if I'm looking at the Georgia Senate races, Yep. which are not done until January. Yeah. And I think that if the Republicans maintain the Senate and the Democrats have the House and the presidency, it's going to be fairly stable and we're not going to see a lot of major up or major down. It's just, you know, slowly digging out of the recession that we're in. Okay. If the Democrats take the Senate and the House and the presidency, I believe we're in for more pain um, financially. Mm because of what we've talked about just of, of different policies on taxation for real estate, yeah. which I think could have a significant impact on real estate values, people that decide to sell because they want to sell before their capital gains rates go up mm -hmm. and 1031 exchanges go away and all the things that Biden wants to do in his tax plan. Yeah. So if there maintains a balance of power, those extreme changes in the tax code are not going to happen they're just going to fight too much and they're going to come up with balanced, you know, right. tax planning. And I think that it's, it's more optimistic if that happens in terms of real estate and mm -hmm. financial and, and the economy, than if everything gets swept um, yeah. to the left, just because they're going to be more aggressive with tax hikes. They're going to be more aggressive with um, capital gains, potentially changes to 1031s. Mm -hmm. We're talking about removing the stepped up basis. All those things cause real estate investors, especially larger you know commercial investors to panic yeah. and if that happens i think you're going to see a lot of supply in 2021 because people are wanting to hope that they can get out before the tax legislation actually changes yeah that'll yeah. mean values come down because there's suddenly a lot of supply mm. now initially there might be a lot of demand for that so they could stay you know fairly stable but over time when supply starts to outpace demand and there's some nerves there you know in purchasing then you know that that could have some softening in prices um, eventually. So yeah, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about the blue wave first because that's kind of a shorter conversation. I think. I think. I think you're right. If the blue wave and that means they take both seats in the Senate, get a 50-50, and then VP is a tiebreaker. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's going to be basically real estate penalties, i.e., some of the goodies taken away. Uh, but on the other side, there's probably a good chance that there's a first-time buyer tax credit, right? Which like Obama did, I think, in '09. Uh, probably decent size, probably 15K versus the first time was 8K. Uh, I think that's going to come in and just 
just do what it did last time. It kind of pulls forward demand and people jump in and we're going to have rates still probably below 3%. Right. I mean, that just, I mean, if that happens, it'll help residential, right? The big, big boys, as single you talked family. about. Yeah. Single family, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Single family, there will be a lot of demand and prices will continue to go up. I think they, low. I think they go up even more because I think what we're missing today is the move up buyer, right? Uh, and they won't get the tax credit. It will likely only be for first time buyers. Yeah. So on the residential side, if the blue wave happens, uh, I think you're going to have Man, it's going to be crazy. There's already no supply. I mean, what are they going to be buying? You know, pretend homes? I mean, it could be crazy. Yeah, yeah. And again, like we talk about, big cities a little different than suburbs. Sure. You know, very, very regionalized. But yeah, yeah I agree with you. And, and there's, there's other things too, though. Like if taxes keep going up or insurance rates start going up, mm -hmm. and when you start wanting to protect from different, you know, climate events and, you know, reimburse some of the lost revenue due to COVID in these areas, when taxes and insurance go up, yeah. prices actually come down. So it'll it'll be interesting, and that's why I say there's there's so many dynamics that impact housing values that it's hard to really say. Oh, I think this is exactly what's going to happen. I mean, I, I think I think prices probably stay up longer than what we thought for know, sure months ago when the pandemic hit. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. But, and eventually there will be you know some softening. So mm -hmm. question is for how long? You know, yeah, I agree. That'll be. That'll be our conversation in episode number three of the, the residential. I think there's, I think that warrants a bigger discussion, yeah. but staying on this theme now, now the, at least as I'm following the news, the betting, betting man thinks the Senate stays Republican, right? They think it's highly unlikely that they, they think it's highly unlikely they get both or either seat and, and getting both is, is unlikely, but who yeah. knows? Right. So let's assume it's balanced. So that takes the extremes away. That takes probably most, if not all of the quote unquote penalties, right? The 1031, the step up basis, all of that. Uh, it'll be, it'll be changes at the margin. Um, what do you think real estate does in kind of that environment? Okay. So we're talking about no major, you know, disruptions from a Correct. tax code standpoint. Um, I, I still think, I still think that clearly we're in a recession and we haven't quite seen, and this is part of the, the unknown. We haven't quite seen the full fallout of shutdowns. I so agree. one question is what happens with this next wave of shutdowns? We're already seeing states again and schools having temporary shutdowns or, yeah. or clawbacks, you know, don't have anyone at your home at Thanksgiving with or without a mask, you know, um, no more, no alcohol sales, restaurants shut down again for Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're starting to see it. Okay. And there's another wave in certain areas of the pandemic. And so, the question becomes how bad and how long are the next wave of shutdowns? So clearly we're in for still some more pain. We have the optimism of a vaccine, depending on who takes it, how many people want to get it, et cetera, if it's forced in or not. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that that generally speaking means that this recession could still last a little longer. And as mm -hmm. we've talked about before, recession, 18 to 24 months, mm -hmm. just started this year. I think we're still in a recession all of 2021. Oh, wow. 22 before we bounce back because there's still major companies, Michael, that are just starting to announce some layoffs for sure and some, because they're running out of all the extra money that they had. People are still not going back to consumer sentiment, as we've talked about, is still scared. Oh, so yeah. People, number came out yesterday. Disappointing number. Consumer confidence, they called it. Uh, disappointing exactly. number yesterday for sure. And so our, our behavior, the human psyche and spending is going to be 
impacted, I think, for at least another year. You know, granted, if you've got some money, low rates, you're buying a house. Mm -hmm. But in terms of spending money on a lot of things, people were, they're just not yet. And so I think human behavior is going to say, let's just hold tight in case there's another shutdown. Let's hold tight in case we lose our job because more layoffs are coming. And I think that it, 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 it's harder to change human psyche mm-hmm. when you have something like this until we know everything's stable, everything's opening up yeah, and layoffs yeah. kind of stop. So I think we have a, a continued recession through 2021, maybe hopefully start coming out in recovery. Okay. And if there's less shutdowns and a vaccine and all this, you know, the COVID basically goes away for the most part, then I think we start to see some recovery at the end of 2021. Or into 2020. Yeah, this this is where you and I disagree, and I love the fact that we disagree. Um, so I think I think Q4, Q1 are negative. So I th- I see definitely a double dip recession, yeah. right? The 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 fictitious Q3 recovery, right, was a statistical oddity. Um, so that I'll just call it what it is. We're in a double dip recession, right? Down, high up. Now we're coming down. I believe uh, the American consumer has continually surprised me, right, mm-hmm. with their want to spend. So my current thinking, and again, I'd love to debate this, is the vaccine and, you know, some people start taking it as soon as December. Um, We get to April. I believe the numbers are going to start getting better. And that's where basically we get a turn in the news cycle, right? We've been in a news cycle now for nine months where most things are negative. Most things. I believe it starts to pivot in April and most things become positive, right? Better than, right? Because we're coming off Q4, off Q1, into Q2. Uh, and I do, I cannot imagine how many people are ready to take a vacation, how many people are ready to get out of their home. I think Q2 of next year could be just like Q3 of this year, just a statistical oddity. And I think it continues, assuming there's not a third wave or, you know, the vaccines don't work or something, you know, that we're not currently anticipating. Uh, I think the consumer the American consumer specifically, we don't know how to save, right? We're not very good at that. And uh, I think they're going to want to get out. I know I am. I mean, I've been locked down for since freaking March. I'm crazy right now. Yeah. But the question is, the question is, are they going to go back and spend the same level of money on the same thing? Or are they going to say, let's go have a staycation at a local lake house that's small where we're not around a lot of people and spend $2,000 instead of, of 10, hey, yeah. let's fly to Orlando, spend yeah. you know 10 grand on hotels and eating out and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. again, kind of regionalized, but I think you also look at you know below average income yeah. versus an average income family versus above average income family. True. I mean, full disclosure, have I been hit by COVID? Yes, but I've, have I been hit significantly No, thankfully Mm -hmm. I haven't, but there are many, many, many families who have been hit significantly. And in certain areas where jobs were really impacted, those families are still struggling. I still have tenants who have not been able to get their full-time job back in restaurants and hotels, and they're working part-time on unemployment, have had some CARES Act, you know, applications for rental assistance. So your average American um, I think has been hit harder than you and I have sure. and aren't going to go back to the same spending level. Um, so, you know, that, that's part of the question is that inequality yeah, of, of income, how hard have you been hit? If you haven't been hit super, super hard, you're still out there spending. Now, personally, there's things that I'm going, eh, I'm not going to spend the money on that right now because I too, still so. just don't know 
How am I going to be impacted by another wave? Are my tenants going to be hit harder? Are they going to permanently lose that job that they only lost, you mm-hmm. know, partially before? Um, so I'm being a, I'm pulling back a little bit. Me too. But you know, other other people are, you know, that that lost a job. And here's the other thing, Michael, that I see a lot of in my my area: schools are shut down, and so families are having to have a mom quit a job, yeah. stay home, and help their kids with online schooling. And I've seen it over and over again, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, um, or a dad quits a job and stays home to help with the kids, or they both cut back. And so mm-hmm. incomes, even if you haven't been laid off, the fact that so many kids are having to school online means a parent is having to give up income in order to just live like they did before the pandemic. So again, the question is, how long does that last? Yeah, I think there's a lot of school uh, unions, teachers unions that are saying, we do not want to be in the classroom. We think that we should be online. We don't want our health at risk. And in mm. big cities like New York um, and in Pennsylvania, the teachers unions are fighting to shut down schools and go all online for the rest of the school year. Oh my so, God. you know, that's, that's, that's through the end of May. That's um, true. And yeah. we're seeing it happen in those cities. So those are just the kind of things that I'm seeing that are making me go until everybody feels safe from this pandemic and everybody's back in school, mom and dad can go back to work. Mm-hmm. I think there's just going to be pain a little bit longer than, than maybe what you see. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I, that's why I love having these conversations. And again, I might be right on the turn in the news cycle. Uh, it just may be a shorter, you know, or a less steep positive curve, but you're right about the, you know, le- you know, parents staying home. That's one of the reasons the unemployment rate statistically looks low is because you've now removed almost a million people. Yeah. from the workforce, right? Which yeah. just lowers the denominator. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. So would you say just in a nutshell, are you, I guess you're bearish on 2021 if you're calling a recession for the year. I don't think it's going to get worse than it is today. I hope not, okay. but I think, I think it's, we're probably going to be about like what we are now. A slow slog. A slow slog until we start to okay. see people spending again to the level that you know, people going back to kids going back to school is a big one. Yeah, I agree. So kids going back to school, parents being able to go back to their jobs and have the same level of income that they did. Yeah. Once yeah. they feel like, okay, things are opened up, we're back to work, kids are back to school. Then I think people start to say, okay, now we can spend a little bit take more. A maybe take a breath. A summer vacation yeah. and take a breather. Okay. And then maybe by next fall, Christmas time, they're like, okay, we're, everything's okay. It's been okay for six months. <laughs> Yeah. We can start living again. Um, cool. You know, I I think that that we're probably kind of status quo for okay. another nine months to a year is my guess. So you're bullish 2022. Yes. Okay. All right. With that, we will call this episode good. And I want to thank you for your time. Thanks so much. You got it.